Hi, welcome to What Are the Tax Implications? I'm Ron Scott. I'm Jeff Rosenthal. We are your first call tax advocates here once again to help increase your financial and tax knowledge. In this episode of What Are the Tax Implications? We'll be discussing the following topics. Amended tax returns. To amend or not to amend. Also, the discharge of tax indebtedness through bankruptcy and what are the rules. And lastly, the ROBS Business Financing Program. ROBS, R-O-B-S, that stands for Rollover for Business Startup. Whether you're the CEO of your household or of your business, questions constantly arise regarding the tax consequences of your financial circumstance. First Call Tax Advocates is always here to answer your questions and offer educational background regarding the potential tax implications of your action. Ron and Jeff are your first responders. They are board-certified financial and tax professionals with over 60 years of experience. Please visit their website, firstcalltaxadvocates.com. That's firstcalltaxadvocates.com. Learn more about them, explore their resources, and leave a review of your experience. For more urgent matters, please call them toll-free at 833-568-8999. That's 833-568-8999. The topics and responses discussed here are intended for general education. Our discussions are not intended to give you advice on your specific situation. We would advise you to seek advice from a competent and licensed professional. Tax law is always evolving and our discussions are based on the law existing to date. Our first caller is Yolanda from York. Yolanda is asking about the rules associated with amending her tax return. She she left something off, Jeff. She had some uh, some 1099 income from the sale of securities, and it's pretty significant. She didn't give it to her uh, tax preparation professional. The taxes are already filed. She's received her refund, and oops, she found the 1099. Yolanda, it's better if you come forward than if the government tracks you down with a what's called a CP2000 letter, an unreported income letter. Uh, you have at least a chance of uh, getting no penalties if you voluntarily come forward. Uh, you can amend a tax return at any time for any reason. The most common reason is to amend to get the correct tax. Now, most of the time, people amend to take deductions that they forgot about. In your case, you're going to amend the return to report income that you oops left off, and and you do have the legal right to do that. So a little more detail about Yolanda. Uh, 2019 was a pretty good year with uh, securities investments, and you know, she thinks of herself as somewhat savvy, and she ended up um, selling a lot of positions uh, with um, with gains. A lot of them were short-term gains. She wanted the money. She needed the money. She's happy she did it, but she did not get that 1099 in time. But remember, she got a refund. So in thinking about it, when she amends her return, Jeff, uh, 
What about that refund? Is there maybe penalty and interest on that money? I mean, hmm. So it's a excellent question. So if the return is amended or corrected by by paper and pen, you can't electronically file that. Um, before the due date, in this case now, because of the pandemic, it's now been moved to July 15th. It's not really called an amended return. It's called a superseded return. And the significance there is that you can always fix it up to the due date and there shouldn't be any penalties in interest. And they have really um, codified that with the pandemic uh, crisis. So uh, they want you to be compliant. They want you to file the right tax return. They want you to get it right. And they're going to be very liberal in applying uh, or not applying penalties and interest. So she has time to file a superseded return, but she's already spent the money. So if this flips back to... A, well, if, if she has to pay back any money and she doesn't have money, well, we've already talked about what the tax consequences are there, haven't we? Indeed, we have talked about it. So the, the government, at least at the moment, unless this changes, uh, are allowing you to pay July 15th without penalties and interest and without any consequence. Uh, there is some talk, but I hate talking about rumors until it passes, that they may push that date back. But right now, July 15th is date. And if she's spent that money or consumed that money because of the pandemic, she had the best of intentions of paying taxes. This is the reason why you want to call first call tax, because we can assist with that. There are other people out there who can do that as well. But it's not a very unusual scenario. Now, the, the final detail of Yolanda's story is very interesting. She received an email in January from the broker-dealer that handled her transactions. And the instructions in the email were how she could get her 1099. They actually didn't mail her a 1099. They gave her the instructions. And wouldn't you know, it went to spam. And she didn't delete it. Uh, and, and she found it as she was going through her spam. Isn't that incredible? It's happening more and more and more. And some companies to save millions of dollars of postage are not sending it out. They're only making it online. But Yolanda, one of the things that I would take this opportunity to do is I would actually go back and review the last couple of returns to make sure that you didn't accidentally miss something on those returns either. And again, it goes both ways. Did you leave off income? Did you leave off deductions? Did you know go out and take your, your checklist as long as you're taking a new look at it? Hopefully this helped you with your situation, Yolanda. Maybe you can get that superseded return in post-haste. Good luck, Yolanda. Our next caller is Hank from Huntsville. And Hank has an issue associated with his personal bankruptcy a number of years ago. He owed money to the IRS. We're gonna talk about Hank's case and some of the things he can and cannot do with regard to discharging indebtedness through bankruptcy, but specifically his issue, Jeff, is he owes a lot of money to the IRS and he's wondering if that's ever going to just go away. It's a excellent question. So 
before bankruptcy, um, we know that in the 10th year, uh, the money will automatically drop off. Um, it just won't be something that the government will hound you for after 10 years. If you file bankruptcy, there are special rules and it is very complicated. We are not attorneys, but you do need an attorney to do this. But essentially, if the debt is older than three years, the government can't collect it. So they have a duty and an obligation to collect it within the first 36 months. And if not, it is now at least fair game to be wiped out. But you, again, you need an attorney and we are not attorneys. So, so three years have gone by at least since the bankruptcy for it to be considered wholly discharged from the IRS's viewpoint. Right, or potentially discharged. Potentially discharged, okay. So then if he, um, if Hank hasn't paid anything to the IRS in this, in this period of time, what type of collection activities could have taken place or enforcement activities by the IRS? Well, Hank sounds like he's got, you know, a whole boatload of problems. And, oh, yeah. And, you know, it also sounds like um, after the bankruptcy, he didn't get his ship righted for getting his finances back in order. So probably in this case, some of the money he owes the government will get uh, wiped out and some of the money will still be there, the, the money that's uh, within the three-year period. But, you know, Hank, the first order of the day... Get your get your house in order. Figure out what where the boat is leaking and patch it up. And you know, let's let's get you back on the on the good track. And the government does have an interest in that very same result. To get you to be a compliant taxpayer is is in the collection division's best interest. So you know, everybody will be better off. Your family will be happier. You'll be happier. Let's get you on the right side of compliance. So. Um Hank adds to his story with some of the details from a number of years ago. He refinanced his home, um, and this was with a home equity loan. Um, things have changed considerably with the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act you know, regarding that. So he took out a big home equity loan, plus he, he was helping his children with college. So he took out student loans as a parent. Um, which is interesting because you know the the rules with student um, student loans when the student is the note holder might be different than if the parent is the note holder when it comes to um, the uh, debt forgiveness or um, you know discharge in bankruptcy. I'm sorry, discharge. So he he got into a lot of debt, but he he was making some money, and then he was not making money, and he took the advice of an attorney, went bankrupt. And the, the situation he's in right now is he didn't get to discharge the indebtedness from the home equity loan. Um, the, the challenge there is it's a big number, but he also has this debt, Jeff, to the IRS. And I guess it's good news to Hank that this will go away, but still, he's got a problem. Well, court procedure is court procedure. Um uh, the attorney representing him might not have been familiar with the tax side of it. Uh, it does need to be listed as a debt. 
Um, it's printed on the forms that the IRS is the first uh, creditor to be notified. Um, and, um, you know, the IRS is just routinely rubber stamping them that it's not dischargeable, not dischargeable, and the attorney would have had to object for the periods older than three years. It just doesn't happen automatically. But, um, you know, that's what the, the, the process of the bankruptcy is to give you a fresh start, to start over. Uh, it does sound like Hank has some ongoing problems and he's still really got to plug the leak. So, Hank, I would, I would find the best attorney that you can pay for to take a look at your case if that first attorney maybe gave you some advice that uh, wasn't um, what you uh, needed or wanted. Good luck, Hank. Remember, the First Call Tax Advocates, Ron and Jeff, are your first responders. Board-certified professionals, over 60 years of experience. Visit their website, firstcalltaxadvocates.com. That's firstcalltaxadvocates.com. Learn more, explore, and leave a review. For more urgent matters, call them toll-free at 833-568-8999. That's 833-568-8999. And for you subscribers, we offer a complimentary consultation to discuss your tax matter. Our next caller is Lenny from Little Egg Harbor, which is pretty close to Atlantic City, Jeff. And Lenny has been working for a number of years in the casino industry. Uh, he made his way all the way up to being a pit boss and was doing quite well until the pandemic hit. He's ho he was hoping to get back to work, but he has a specialized skill set in knowing a lot about what's going on with the different table games. He's throwing in the towel. He's saying, I surrender. I'm going to use what I have built up and put it into, into practice. I'm going to start my own business. He read an article about the rollover for business startup, and he's very eager to tap into his 401k and start a business. Now, how could he do that, Jeff? Lenny, I hear the casinos are reopening July 2nd, by the way, at 25% capacity. Anyway, uh, getting serious here. So Congress had decided that there might be a legitimate reason to become a self-directed IRA and move the money to fund your own business. It's a little complicated. You have to roll whatever the money is into, into a 401k, and you can borrow from the 401k. Not really borrow, just use the money. You need a third-party administrator who's familiar with this, and it is a legal use of the money. That doesn't mean it's a smart use of the money. So, so Lenny is contemplating starting a business, and... He sees this money built up. Now, he is younger than 59 and a half, right? But he thinks he has a great business idea. And he thinks it's going to be, you know, making him enough money to live life the way he wants to. So let me see if I understand what uh, the challenges are for Lenny, okay? Um, he, he, he wants to move forward with this initiative. He has money built up. So if he uses the money, he's not going to be taking a distribution from the money. 
there's actually some type of a trustee to trustee transfer, Jeff? Right. So you're going to roll the money from wherever it is to the third party administrator and a third party administrator is going to oversee that money is still technically in your retirement plan. It still has legal and compliance uh, reporting with the Department of Labor and the IRS. And that's one of the tricky parts, compliance, making sure it's reported. Because most people, when they take the money, they say, it's my money. I don't know. I can do whatever I want with it. No, 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 you can't. It is retirement money. And the retirement plan actually owns that portion of the business. Um, but you would have this, the regular issues that you would have with any startup business at, at all, you know, uh, rent security, location, uh, fixtures for the building, uh, utility deposits, you would have your normal, normal business issues. Plus, you would also have the added compliance issues of your retirement plan. So... This sounds like a, a great place to go get the the uh, seed money for your business, but you have to be careful, um, Jeff. If the if he has losses year after year and he's depleting his four hundred one k money, you know what are the tax implications? Yeah. Unfortunately, my experience has been that I've only met people who've done just that and gone from, from 60 down to zero and squandered all of that retirement money and it was gone. I've yet to find a single person who's actually been successful at it, but I do think there are some. And just because you can doesn't mean you should. You need to choose wisely, remembering that business failures, unfortunately, are high, more than 50%, and you don't really want to gamble with your retirement money. So caution, 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 or or those of us of a certain age, remember this line, danger, Will Robinson, danger. Um, oh, just yeah. because it's there and just because the law says you could do it doesn't mean you should do it. Um, and again, it's not just yours to use willy-nilly. There are compliance rules. And if you blow your entire retirement plan, then you do have, you know, to deal with that. Now, but um, the casinos are opening on July 2nd. <laughs> the casinos are opening. Well, so yeah. the magic window for me in this uh, if you're going to buy into a business that you are already familiar with, you've already been a key employee or a relative of that business, so you know that business, it's not really a new business, it's just new for you, that would be the magic window. I think that has a chance of success. But if you're going to open up a, a pizza place or a greeting card place or whatever, uh, you know, that has the same risks that any new business would have. And then you have the added complication of putting your retirement plan at risk. Sounds like a lot of fiduciaries are going to be involved here, right? I mean, first, you got, you got to get yourself a tax person to help you with this. Then you need... Probably a, an attorney to help you with um, starting the business in, in some way, depending upon the entity that you choose. Then you're going to have another fiduciary, the third party administrator, get involved. So, and then you're probably going to have the maybe the compliance department 
for the broker dealer that's holding the retirement account. So it's like the the battle of fiduciaries, Jeff. Well, and these third party administrators that specialize in this have a have a particular axe to grind. They're making money on you doing just this. They don't really care if you're successful or not. So. Uh, you know, I'm not bashing them. I'm not knocking them, but I don't think they're generally looking out for your best interest. This is not really a good idea just because you can do it uh, and requires a great deal of caution. It's a very sobering thing to to put your retirement plan in the, the speculation world. Uh, but as I said, if you're buying into a family business or a business that you've been a key employee, at least that has a fighting chance of success. So, uh, Lenny, um, uh, good luck on your transition out of the casino industry. Uh, good luck with your um, analysis on the business. And um, remember that um, haste makes waste. Okay, again, good luck, Lenny. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. You probably have additional questions, don't you? We are your first call. Remember, Everyone's situation is unique, but we should be your first call. We are your first responders. The 911 operator doesn't call you. Please call us toll free at 833-568-8999. Again, 833-568-8999. And visit our website at firstcalltaxadvocates.com. We'd love to know what you've learned today. So please leave a review on our website. We have attempted to appeal to a broad audience, but we want to help everyone if we can. On the next episode of What are the Tax Implications? We'll be talking about the following topics. Cryptocurrency reporting. Do I need to report when I sell crypto, my gain or my loss? Also, you have domestic help, maybe a butler, maybe a maid, housekeeper, somebody helping with the kids and you haven't paid their social security or their medicare um you get caught do you have to pay the back social security and medicare we'll talk about that and lastly congratulations you won the lottery what's your next first step